Hello and welcome to Internet Retailing Subscription Podcast with Avalara. I'm Katie Searles, editor of DeliveryX, host of the Beyond the Buy Button podcast and now host of this brand new look at the subscription economy. I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by my co-host for this episode, Lewis Fitzpatrick, Customer Account Team Manager from Avalara. Before we start looking at the world of refills, do you want to let us know a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Avalara's involvement in the subscription economy. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, in in a world where we have more and more customers selling globally, more and more businesses selling globally, and we have uh, ever-changing and ever more complex rules and regulations from all over the world and all different countries, uh, Avalara aims to help its customers to achieve greater compliance uh, through automation um, so be it for determination, so calculating the right tax, calculating the right customs and duties, and, and then through automating the filing process. And within the subscription section in particular, we work with uh, really all the major subscription management uh, services. So, you know, obviously Chargebee, Zora, Recurly, and, and many more. So, uh, yeah, we are quite active in that space with uh, hundreds of customers, if not thousands, in the subscription uh, space. We were joined by Chargebee at a very special live recording of this podcast at the SubX World event recently. So that is available to listen to now at internetretailing.net. But for today, we've covered so many R's on the subscription podcast already. We've looked at rentals and we've looked at the idea of reusing and returning. But today we're going to focus on refillables. Consumers are becoming increasingly conscious in their shopping choices and refillables enables them and retailers alike to ditch the plastic packaging. We are sitting here with a glass bottle full of water rather than all having plastic containers and people are now being able to take their own containers to pick up cereal, cleaning products, health and beauty products. And on the very subject of healthcare refillables, through the power of technology, we're joined by Harry Sims Thomas from Wild. I'm the Director of Marketing at Wild and yeah, prior to Wild, I was working at Google in Dublin for um, two and a half years um, in their digital marketing and growth team, um, which was a really amazing place to be. Um, and then pre-Google, um, I was actually working for a, a company. Um, I did a placement at um, a company called HelloFresh, which was the food delivery um, e-commerce business. And when I did my placement there, there were probably only 10 people working at the company. Um, and that's really kind of where I got my kind of taste for entrepreneurship. And I met Freddie, um, who was my boss um, at HelloFresh at the time. And he's actually one of the co-founders of Wild. So yeah, I was um, looking to move back from Dublin, working at Google into the startup and back to London. And yeah, Freddie kind of managed to, to rope me into that. But it was quite a big, big jump at the time, going from a very, very big company to, to, to Wild, um, where I joined as the first employee. And yeah, a bit of context on Wild. So our mission is to remove all single-use plastic and unnecessary chemicals from the bathroom. Um, we launched in April 2020, um, and we kind of sold a, a minimum viable product um, just before then. And yeah, we we, we sell um, our kind of flagship product is a refillable natural deodorant where you get an aluminium case and that lasts for, for hopefully a lifetime. And then you get refills 
um, which you can buy on subscription or as a one-time one purchase or now in stores, um, which are made from um, bamboo pulp. So they're kind of fully compostable and biodegradable. But we've got, yeah, big, big plans. We've kind of grown a lot quicker than we we anticipated over the last kind of three years um, through lockdown. And um, um, yeah, we, we've got big plans to um, really innovate the bathroom and, and kind of push the boundaries of sustainability. And we see kind of, um, yeah, all bathroom products is, is kind of um, fair game for innovation and um, looking at ways we can innovate the, the packaging and um, bring more natural, high-performing kind of products uh, to the forefront of, of consumers. COVID really did change the way we shopped. We've touched on it in previous episodes. We're touching on it now. People would have never thought about getting sustainable toilet roll sent directly to you until the pandemic. There's been maybe a slowing down in the shift to e-commerce shopping, whether subscriptions or D2Cs, but we're never going back to just full physical in-store retail. And Louis, are retailers or subscription firms still working out that balance? I think so. And some of the customers that we work certainly are, are in that position. So, um, you know, I think there's been a tr- lot of trial and uh, trying trialing the subscription model, seeing how they can, uh, if they can be successful at it. And then, uh, you know, getting insights, learning, improving the service. Um, I think I've seen that from some of the conversations I've heard on your podcast with, you know, James or or oh. others, James from uh, from uh, Bike Club or, or others. So uh, absolutely, I think yeah. that that, uh, that move is still uh, happening and you know one of the things about the subscription economy and the beauty of it is that it's always changing right you're always one click away from people uh, leaving so you know there's that customer and focus on delivering that great experience and it's changing it's evolving you know a lot about your customers and you're improving the service so 100 percent. there is a real learning curve here we, we've heard it from conversations we've had in the studio and at the events there's also a constant learning curve because retailers are having to deal with changes from from the pandemic to to now a completely different sort of environment and ecosystem. And we can really hear from Sam how Wild are dealing with that. As a kind of D2C business, a lot of our background was in digital marketing and, and we were able to really scale up our customer growth um, during that lockdown period. I think lockdown brought a lot of awareness as well around health and wellness and kind of the products that people wanted to use and with natural products um you know people want to kind of understand what ingredients are in them and um i think covid really really kind of helped bring around that awareness and then as you can imagine because of covid and brexit you know whilst growth was really strong um our operations um, and supply chain kind of fell through the floor so kind of navigating that was was a big challenge but i think yeah during during covid you know it was very a very good time for an e-commerce business to to grow and we were able to get a lot of momentum in in kind of building our subscriber base um, and we were able to learn a lot from our customers and um what's one of the beauties of doing a d2c business is you have a really good feedback loop and um, you know, we were able to talk to our customers regularly so we could iterate the product and understand where they wanted to, us to go with the business. And so that that was amazing. And, and we learned a huge amount in those kind of uh, first nine months as a, as a business. But yeah, the long and short of, of kind of the pandemic was it was generally quite good for growth for, for e-commerce as a lot of brands saw. And we were quite fortunate to, to kind of launch during that time. But 
I think kind of post pandemic, um, you know, it's been it's been a lot tougher for, for brands to continue that momentum. I think, you know, a lot of funding was raised um, for, for e-commerce brands and that brought a lot of pressures. And once shops started opening up again, you know, consumers went back into store and it was harder to retain those those customers. And, you know, we, we definitely felt that as well. And I think the kind of the key to, to kind of keeping up the momentum for us was was really focusing on building a product that people loved and really worked and um, had a high repeat purchase rate. Repeat purchase rate is so important. Louis, what do you think these firms can do to make sure customer retention is as easy as possible? I think you want to avoid as much friction as possible. So, um, you know, I'm thinking about what I side is you want to, if they're shipping internationally, that you help avoid kind of, you know, a product being stuck at customs or you're know, making sure that you're, you know, providing uh, the correct, I guess, everything from a tax perspective, but just more generally as a consumer and as somebody who uses some of these subscription products, it's also services. It's also just delivering that great customer experience, keeping them on board. And just, I guess, from my perspective, remembering that you're not providing really a product, it's an experience, right? And how you make people feel every time they get that package, every time they open a box, every time they use uh, whatever you're providing is really key to, to success. Yeah. That anticipation of something new arriving. Absolutely. Whether it's D2C or subscriptions is, is so big. But whilst it isn't just about a great product, it's about the experience, the product it is always going to come back to it and it has to be something that people love. And I think Wild are doing that really well. Yeah. First and foremost, a sustainable product, but we realised that if it didn't work and had a high level of efficacy, then people just wouldn't be willing to sacrifice anything. So we had to make sure it was it was a really good, high-performing product and that it was convenient for people to buy and they'd want to buy it on a repeat purchase. So... Yeah, I think like building, um, you know, iterating so that your product was was really good, building a brand that people wanted to follow and, and be part of the community and feel part of the movement around sustainability. All of these things from how we thought about the product to our packaging kind of really helped us keep the momentum that, that we were seeing and continue to grow online. It's going to be so important for businesses in a really difficult, challenging time for any of these refill retailers, subscription businesses as a whole, what is the key considerations they need to think about if they're looking to expand their business? So again, tax, uh, <laughs> on, indirect tax, on VAT, GST, sales and use tax. I, I think it's key to, to, to planning, right? So, so um, you know, one of the things that, that we, we always speak about with our customers is the importance of having a good tax advisor. Um, so if you are growing internationally, if you are expanding, that you're able to serve those customers uh, in a way which is efficient and also compliant, right? So uh, that means, you know, do you know what taxes apply, what rates are, etc. And then I think the second thing is is just that automation piece. So, you know, capitalizing on that you now you know what you need to do um, now you need to find a solution to automate that and have it set up so it works in the background and you can forget about that and then just focus on serving that customer your, your staff is not focused on on maintaining manually maintaining a tool so i think yeah 
working with the tax advisor for the international expansion and then supporting that with the uh, the uh, the automation piece having the right tools in place as you summed up perfectly there allows your team to focus on what's key and that is their end customer and for these subscription businesses it is really about building a community early on we relied really heavily on our community we set up a a wild VIP Facebook group um, at the very start of our, our launch. And that was, you know, probably only 30, 40 people in the Facebook group who were just kind of like evangelical about wild and the potential of the product and just couldn't get over how amazing and sustainable it, it was. But we really leaned on them as a community to help understand our, our kind of customer base and what direction we wanted to take the product and the brand and the kind of big decisions we were making. I think, you know, early on, we put a, a, a vote into that group and, you know, what, what limited edition would you like to see us launch next? And I think they voted for something crazy like a lemon meringue deodorant scent. And, you know, to us, you know, we always wanted to be a bit wild, but actually that was our community really driving those big product decisions. And we ended up launching that limited edition scent and that really engaged the community and you know, our customers really loved that we were listening to them and we were bringing out products that they wanted and being a little bit kind of, you know, quirky and wild. And that was just like, I think, you know, for us, when we look back, a really good example of how listening to our customers and um, leaning in on our community has helped kind of keep engagement of our core customer base really strong and make sure that we're kind of ahead of the curve and minimize kind of any friction and customer pain points. I think then the other thing is like you really have to understand your customer very well and um, the kind of the core base that you're serving. And so we frequently survey our customers. We have an NPS survey, so net promoter score, where we're kind of understanding from our customers how likely they would recommend Wild to a friend and, you know, understanding why certain people aren't wanting to, to recommend us. We have a churn cancellation survey as well um, that will run. Um, very regularly. That magic bingo word in subscriptions, churn. Subscription fatigue is a real problem for these businesses to lose customers every six, every 12 months. And it, it's something that they're battling with every day. So we, we have um, good data on why our customers are, are quitting their subscription. And, you know, it's, it, it can be for um, a whole number of reasons from buying the the deodorant um, now in stores to it simply, you know, just not being the right product for them to, to price. So, you know, understanding that data and your customer base really well, and then, you know, tailoring your messaging around that um, data you're receiving to, to the right customer segments to either reactivate them as subscribers or, or retain them. It has been super important for us to kind of growing and, and kind of retaining our core subscription base. Louis, data is really king here, isn't it? Understanding mm -hmm. what's going wrong and when. Mm -hmm. There's so many other plates that these retailers and subscription businesses are having to spin at all one time, though. Is this where technology, is this where automation comes in to help take some of that strain? I, I think so, yeah, absolutely. 
I think from the get-go, right, the whole subscription uh, management tools like like Chargebee or Zoo, et cetera, like the, the key thing they allowed to do is they allowed to capture a lot more information than, you know, sending to a wholesaler and capturing it another way. So I think that is really, really important, getting to understand who your customers are, getting to understand what, why they're purchasing from you, what they like, et cetera, I think is is key. I think there's uh, you have a podcast where you have... Um, one a business which uh, does cheese actually they started leveraging that data to actually uh, make those recommendations Casse, I think the name of the tool was that they built themselves and they're leveraging that data that they've captured from their customers I really love that example and he was so passionate when he was speaking about <laughs> it um, but yeah I think it's absolutely important and it, it helps obviously reduce that that all uh, that dreaded that dreaded churn in fairness my understanding is is industry data says that the churn is is lower on products than it is on media. I think media tends to be the first thing to uh, the easiest ones to cancel, but it's um, capturing that data, understanding your customers, and then leveraging it into actionable plans is key. Digital subscriptions will be focused on on another podcast, and they are taking a hit. We know that. If you do want to hear Edward from Cheese Geek speak with passion, one about cheese and two about the technology that they've built, that is available in the product subscription episode. To hear him speak with passion is is so exciting in this space. But what we're also seeing is these businesses, their customers themselves are speaking with passion. And that word of mouth is really important. When it comes to refer a friend, it's like that's a, a really important part of our marketing mix. And we, we do a lot of work around what the best offer is to incentivize friends to refer their friends now it probably you know makes up a significant part of our acquisition mix so we do it both online and 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 offline so we'll put you know leaflets in our boxes with kind of little cards that you can tear off and hand out and give it to a friend with an offer on and we also do it online where you know you'll you'll be served an offer post purchase um, and we have a, a landing page on our website where a customer can you know visit and and find an offer to to just go and give to their friend and we we have really high share rates and and really high purchase rates meaning that you know our customers do that that want to talk about wild do really care and they really do love the brand and product enough to introduce their friends and the the beauty of refer a friend is that it can just carry all your other marketing channels that much further. And when we look at cost of acquisition, you know, it's typically a very low cost of acquisition because you're just leaning on your customers to to do the um, the hard work for you and, and sell their friend into into the brand. And so it help it gives us a bit more flexibility and um, headroom on on some of our paid performance and, and marketing channels and blends our cost of acquisition down a bit. So Referral is is like super important for us and we monitor it, you know, weekly, monthly and are kind of very data driven around the metrics and the offers that yeah, we, we need to optimise towards and, and it's an, an important part of our, our marketing mix. These people that are buying from Wild, that are going for the sustainable deodorants are are going to to really shout about it it's, it is an exciting part from them just not as their marketing mix but as their whole business model as a whole and the fact that the actual deodorant is refillable and these blocks are sent straight to the customer is part of what this episode is about it is this refill revolution that is coming i think you know everyone's referring it to it as the the refill revolution now and you know i, I really 
see it going that way. And the way we kind of think about it is you look at water bottles and 80% of people now have a reusable water bottle. You can just see that translating to the bathroom and it's just taken a little bit more time for the innovation and the, the kind of sustainability around the packaging to to get there but yeah we we fully see the the whole bathroom becoming refillable with every single product and teodrin has just been a really good starting point and of course the beauty of having a refillable product is it, you know it can make it not only sustainable but also very convenient so that you know you can plan for your refills to arrive just in time for you to run out so you know you're not kind of charging to the shops when you're out of deodorant and you need to buy some some more um it can be an incredibly convenient solution as well as being very sustainable so yeah i think the packaging has come a long way and there's just a, a huge amount of potential for that refill revolution to go further and you know you only have to look at the the kitchen as an example as a, as a category where everything's been really thought through from reusable bags to different bins um, that you recycle different items and then you look at the bathroom where you've got one bin it all goes in you know a lot of plastic from shower gel shampoo razors deodorants you know i think there's just a huge amount of of potential there for, for refills to become the main way that consumers use their products interesting you touched on the kitchen there the, the bathroom seems to be a little bit behind in its refillable model but the kitchen is somewhere that people are going to pick up their cereal and their own containers are are reusing things and we heard from sam Connolly of origin coffee because they have roasters and actual physical stores they also offered a refill option so if you are lucky enough to live near one of our coffee shops we have at the roastery which is where i'm based in port town we have a refillable kind of coffee um how would you describe it like shoots there's there's kind of 10 different shoots and they all have um a range like 10 different coffees and customers can come into the store and refill them without the need for a, a plastic bag or a, or a coffee bag so they can just come in with their kind of reusable container which works really nicely and i think another point which which kind of links into the to the rewards is initially when we launched rewards, it was only online because of the, the software and the, some kind of limitations and technical hurdles that we had to overcome. And more recently through this new kind of mobile app that we've uh, launched, which kind of goes back to technology, is that we can now reward customers for shopping in store with points and they can then spend them online. So a kind of opportunity that we saw is that we had all of these customers going into our coffee shops, but we were missing the boat in terms of collecting data on them or trying to push them to be a home subscriber. There is a real opportunity here. We talk about subscriptions, refills, rentals. These aren't happening in a silo. They can all come together quite nicely in an omni channel offering if you do want to hear more from sam he is on the product episode which you are as well i am <laughs> but just for now though thank you so much for joining us today thank you katie thank you so much for listening other episodes are available we'll be looking at the rental offering with bike club we'll be looking at advanced payments and one episode that my dog is very excited about pet products <laughs> 
All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Podbeam and of course internetretailing.net. A huge thank you now though. I'm Katie Searles. Goodbye. (laughs) 